All right. Um, yada, yada, yada. This is the new episode of the podcast. You know, we really need to come up with like a better intro. <laughs> well, I think it just depends. Like, uh, what do you want to call? Is this going to be like a... Th- are we recording already? Yeah, we're recording. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I guess this is our high budget uh, intro. Yeah. But uh, today we have something special for uh, this PSTLR podcast. Our block. Yeah, our block. Welcome to our block, ladies and gentlemen. It's the new episode. Uh, what episode is this now? I actually lost track. Episode four? 506. No. Well, four. 506. That's, a, that's not bad. <laughs> I'll say it's 506. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Just give us just a few give us a few months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. Like Abraham was saying, this is kind of a special one, right? Mm-hmm. We tried to call it something like the uh, audience QA special. We were trying to get us some questions from, from our audience on uh social media and also, you know, from our programming. And uh we actually did get some questions. So I'm I'm glad that we got some stuff from uh, Dr. Rosie. Shout out to Dr. Rosie Ramos, who is part of our poet artist development program. Thank you for sending us some questions for us to to mull over and and discuss. Um, I want to say thank you after I hear the questions. It's like that. No estás tan cabrón, güey. Te estás manchando, carnal. I don't know. <laughs> nah, it's all good. I get it. Because um, some of these questions, actually, when I was reviewing them, I was like, mm, these are going to, you know, be good for conversation, por lo menos. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, obviously, this being kind of more of a laid back uh, episode, we can clearly have whatever conversation we want. Um, but, you know, one thing in particular that I've been thinking about because I'm doing a lot of grant writing right now mm-hmm. is, um, you know, what it is that actually creates our own personal practice, right? So like, what is it that motivates us to create our own artwork? And that is actually one of Dr. Rosie's questions. Uh, mm-hmm. For both of us, she actually wrote, um, what personally motivates you to continue telling a story with your photography and poetry? So um, that's open to both of us. So I don't know, man. What do you think? What motivates you to create uh, what you create? Because you do obviously more than photography, you know, and poetry. You know? I think we have touched this a couple of times and I feel like I haven't answered us properly, but let's hmm. try it this time. <laughs> so again, like, Every day we all live different lives and have different experiences. And I think that's what comes to that day triggers us. So it's our experiences we're having at the moment that inspires us to do something. Like the project that I'm doing right now, personal, it's I'm trying to do a project on, you know, crystals. When you go to fairs or people are like, oh, this crystal is so beautiful. It represents love and such and such. So I want to take different crystals and minerals and change their name, just like something funny, and then have a just funny kind of property that will give you, you know, like courage or stuff. But I'm going to play with that notion and that idea. And I think we spoke about, of that a couple months back where we were at your place. And yeah. it's just things that come to me, and I feel like I have the time maybe for this, and I'll jump in. But it has to be something that interests me. It's like something that's either, I don't know, I like research, so I like to learn new things. I like science and something funny. Sometimes I want to make them all. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, maybe this is just because of like, I don't know, <laughs> trying to be funny. Pero <laughs> se me ocurrió el mineral de pedos, ¿verdad? El pedos, right? <laughs> oh, you're looking at the periodic table kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, imagínate, right? Like you're essentially, because that's sort yeah. of what you're describing in a way, uh, no? You yes. Know? I'm going to play with that, like kind of like making, oh, this mineral will help you. I don't know. Stop yeah. farting. I don't know. <laughs> 
yeah, it's still cooking. I have some ideas, but it's it's mm -hmm. not there. Which reminded me, uh, I don't know if you played. Well, the first video games, I think, uh, Nintendo, mm -hmm. Super Nintendo, and so on. I think it was Nintendo when we were playing this, and my uncle used to say in Spanish, right? Oh, ¿cuál, cuál eres tú? Yo le decía, pedos. Y todos se cagaban de la risa porque, pues... <laughs> <laughs> But it means the, the, the controller number two. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. <laughs> player number two. Yeah, But yeah. in Spanish, she makes, like, a funny joke out of it. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for our bilingual <laughs> listeners, yeah. they, they'll get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh that's why i actually always was player one <laughs> i'm a poor little brother <laughs> i love you javi <laughs> don't ever change <laughs> he was full of pedos yeah Um, and so what, what what inspires you to create another following that question? Okay, following that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was actually like um, thinking about it a little bit earlier because, like I said, you know, I've been doing some grant writing. One of the grants that I'm working on right now is for the artist fellowship, um, the individual artist fellowship through the California Arts Council. And one of their questions is to provide an artist statement, right, that talks about what motivates you to create and what motivates you to sort of reflect your community in your artwork. Because that, at least for me, is, is really important. You know, my my artistic practice is very much about creating a space for community to feel seen kind of you know sort of a, a it's it's sort of like a, a common thing to hear nowadays right that you people feel seen but um yeah i think that what motivates me is really just exploring my own experiences through art i have this concept of the pan american identity You know, and to be Pan-American or Pan-anything, it means to be of that region or of that place. Y pues como somos americanos, aunque quizá no nos quieran llamar americanos, you know, in the like American sense of the United States, you know, America is both North and South America, you know, it's it's two continents, it's half the world. And we belong, both you and I belong to that culture of, of the Western Hemisphere, right? We belong to a culture that is not only Mexican, but also American. because Canadian. Canadian, you know, it's, it's South American, it's Chilean, it's, you know, Peruvian, it's Amazonian, um, it's uh, even Native American, right? You know, we have influences that are, that go back to i mean thousands and thousands of years uh i was actually kind of it maybe a little side note but you know we've been discussing creating a mascot for distill arts and i love your idea of the asholotl because the asholotl i think you know not only is it is it native to mexico but it's also a creature that is relatively new to the um, to just the world right i was uh, doing a little bit of research about it and it's only been kind of at least estimated in existence for 10,000 years and uh, i mean in the big scheme of things in the history of the world that's pretty young right and that is kind of what it, i think it means to be uh pan american you know, because it's it's one of the newer sort of identities that has been formed in the world. You have identities that, you know, have been around for millennia, you know, since the beginning of mankind. You have like this very long history in Africa. You have a very long history in Europe and a very, very long history in Asia. But our history in you know, the United States and Mexico in uh, Central America, South America, like, I mean, the Aztecs were around about 5,000 years ago, right? You know, the Mexica were 
just starting to the at least the original Mexica were just starting to cross the land bridge oh, from from uh, the eastern hemisphere into the western hemisphere only like about 5,000 years ago and I think I think I'm probably getting my my dates all wrong but I mean yeah I think like the Aztecs were 200 years old when the Spaniards came in yes. so it was a kind of new society yeah. But we have older, like the you know the Almex and the yeah. Peruans as well. Like we have different cultures, but I was quite fascinated, like how we as humans mm-hmm. want to try uh, to trace ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the continuation of who's my father, who is my great grandfather, and then it extends into the culture and how we're linked to what's now. It's kind of where our urge to be long. Yeah. It's, it's, and then it became a kind of a country and all that stuff that I hate, like these borders and these ways of dividing ourselves. So that's kind of, I don't know, it's it's something tricky. I know a lot of like uh, grants and stuff like that. I want to hear you say like, oh, uh, I belong to this and that and go back to like, but I try to always to make it more um, more globalized mm-hmm. because I feel like we divide ourselves every day. Like, women men different countries different languages different social status Mm -hmm. and and so i try to do the least of that and try to touch into subjects that are more i know i don't want to say basic it's more like fundamental you know that's what i'm trying to to get at and it's it's hard to write a grant for me for that reason (laughs) yeah and that's why i think too for me like it's, it's sort of hard to say what really motivates my art is because it's it's something that is very personal you know it's it's fundamental to me but also i want it to be fundamentally human and to exactly. be fundamentally human you also have to be very specific so you have to find that balance you know um like my experience growing up in san diego is different from your experience growing up in mexico city but at the same time, like there are things that I can talk about that are very specific to my upbringing that maybe you might relate to, you know, and vice versa. There's very specific things that you can talk about in your upbringing that I will relate to because one, we share a common culture, two, we share a common language in Spanish, um, and three, we share a common humanity because we're both human and we both have the same range of emotions that everyone else experiences and so for me that's kind of like how i want to try to describe the the pan-american identity Mm -hmm. you know because to be pan-american means that you know we're part of this very young culture and even the united states is one of the youngest nations in the world right as a nation it's it's relatively new yeah we're babies yeah and you know mexico in its current form is also very very new um and even demographically speaking i mean the average age right now in mexico the country is like 36 so it's basically our our age group you know um i mean i know you're a little bit more of a chiquillo you know but (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) but you know i mean that's that's kind of the the thing right like so it's interesting it's interesting to talk about like the the purpose of identity and how that influences our 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 art right for me my poetry and my and to a certain degree my photography i mean because when it comes to like the street photography that i like to shoot you know it's at least lately been focused more on the way that shadows and light kind of mm-hmm. interplay with each other, you know, the way they balance each other out, the compositions. And then, you know, you try and throw in a little bit of a human element in there. And you you get some, I think, interesting ways in which you can reflect how nature and humanity kind of affect each other, you know. Mm. Um, so for me, that's sort of where my thinking is when it comes to doing photography. Uh, Whereas poetry, it's a little bit different. I guess it's yeah, it, yeah, I guess yeah. It's each media has its own. Mm-hmm. I don't know approaches. Like I remember when I was into um, uh, photograph classes, mm-hmm. 
It was like, oh, why you do this in Photoshop and add these and make more fantasy? And I sometimes do, but to me, it was like telling them, I already know how to kind of Photoshop painting kind of thing, so I can create something out of just my imagination. Mm -hmm. So I took photography more into the, you know, recording the moments, the reality as kind of is, is. Mm -hmm. again, looking through a little bit of my eyes, but yeah, it was a different approach because like painting and stuff like that, I can go more wild and more sci-fi or fantasy, but photography to me, it's more recording what's going on Mm -hmm. through my eyes. Not as much as like, oh, let's change this lake into purple. Mm-hmm. Because to me, it's not letting people see what is there. It's kind of, yeah, you know? Yeah, I think that that's why, at least for me, street photography is the medium of photography that I mm-hmm. want to always explore. I mean, it's fun doing things like portraits. I like actually, you know, speaking about that, I, I like doing <laughs> portraits because it's, trying to capture the essence of a person you know so like when i recently did the the portraits for the um for the girl that that you had referred to me Mm -hmm. um i tried to kind of work with her to figure out you know what what was her favorite colors you know trying to incorporate that into the background um because we were at the uh i forget the name of the of the um botanical garden in uh, uh well the one next to uh santanita right yeah the one by the santanita racetracks um mm-hmm. we were there at that botanical garden and you know mm-hmm. andaba vestida como pues para salir a su prom mm-hmm. um so there was like a certain expectation right on her part of what the pictures should look like but yeah. on my part as the photographer i really wanted to sort of um show her her personality um, her style, you know, um, and so in conversation and asking questions about what she liked and what, what she was into, um, you know, I was able to find some spots within the the botanical garden that I think really helped to bring that out and to create some nice, nice balance in the images. So that's what's fun about doing like portraiture. But my my jam cuando se trata de la fotografía es, es street photography, just because it's it allows me to feel like I'm meditating a little bit more and also to be a little bit more scientific and mathematical. I don't know if that mm. makes sense. Because in in some ways, just like you, I feel like science and math play a big role in the way that I craft my poetry and also the way I approach my street photography, you know, because I have always, since I was a kid, been fascinated by by science and you know mm-hmm. and i understand math enough to to get that it's a language of its own you know and so uh those are those are like why i think you and i actually get along a lot you know <laughs> and, and why we appreciate each other's artwork because i see that in your artwork and you know i try to reflect it in mine too yeah like uh um the way like second i have gone to different ways of photography which yeah. i like second i like to explore different basically versions of things yeah. and there's this version that's more uh business or more what people want right like it's what they're paying you for like when i go to a wedding and it's just expectations as you said as you put it of how they want to look like for that event because again, it's a cultural thing. They see what other people are posting and they see like, that's the picture I want. Mm-hmm. And that's the other side, which is the artistic thing that uh, as as an artist, you want to portray. But uh, the thing that I learned from one of my teachers was like, um, it's not your moment. And so I try to get as, as many photos as kind of what they want and they need. I mean, it's, a, it's what they want, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's their moment. And for me, it's I'm facilitating in that kind of experience. And then I try to sneak in in between because not all the people who want the artistic kind of side of it. Mm-hmm. And then in between when people especially resting or they don't think I'm there, mm-hmm. those are the ones that I am personally more a fan of because mm-hmm. I'm looking for what's 
there actually you know what's being portrayed as you know the like the, the wedding yeah. i want to see the moments that are more truth like like people crying really crying people smiling or cracking a joke mm-hmm. and you can see that kind of in the environment instead of just saying cheese and everybody kind of does the, the yeah. fake smile kind of thing yeah. and that's kind of like the balance of that kind of mm-hmm. i don't know photography yeah 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 i think that the like the candid is mm-hmm. what is always going to come across as more genuine and that's mm-hmm. also why I, I specifically like street photography too because you know there's there's always more of that that candidness right that mm-hmm. that you are able to capture when people aren't really paying attention or when people don't see you there as as a photographer they just see you as another pedestrian or yeah you know um but I actually, I've always been curious, and I don't know if I've ever really heard you talk about this, but why photography specifically for you? Ooh. You know, what took you there? Because I, I see you as as an illustrator. I've seen, I've seen you as a poet. But when I first met you, you were a photographer, and that was kind of like your main identity as an artist, as as, as a photographer. So, um, I'm curious and maybe our our audience is too you know what is it that actually took you to that specific place first it's funny because like yeah i have that kind of phrase like you sometimes become an embodiment of what you're pursuing at the moment and as a photographer people see it fast because you have a huge backpack and a tripod and like you're doing all this and that and it's it's a phase as well because you are involved in that a, a little more than other things, but always doing different things. But yeah, I definitely understand that. Um, it's funny because I never thought as being a photographer. It was, I, I mean, I always in love with like National Geographic magazines. My dad used to buy those ones every month. I think they came in through the mail, and I love that because that's I guess the part of the science. Yeah. You're getting from like this animal and such and such, and huh. then you get the amazing picture. And that's why I guess I love Pokemon as well, because it had that kind of like variety <laughs> of different animals yeah. and it kind of relate to that. Yeah. And so uh, at the time, cameras were so expensive and making film, developing, there's no way. Like I didn't have the money for that. Yeah. So I started using those point and shoot cameras not to photograph as per se as my result being the photograph it was me recording or trying to get images that i could use to draw like Mm -hmm. okay this pose or this building or this car and i will take the photo and take it and then fix it again it wasn't super digital high def it was just like point and shoot cameras and i will go out with my friend and just take photos for fun or as reference photos and he will be more of a photographer so he's the one who told me one day hey man i'm i'm getting a new camera uh-huh. do you want to buy my old camera huh. and i'm like oh sure like he gave me a good deal it's it's one of my bros um so I, he got me the camera and ever since i'm being hooked like because because yeah. again it's a different way of me shooting from trying to get reference materials than to trying to get something on the final final stage just by a photograph seeing how the light works how the lenses work how time works all these things are fascinating and again it's capturing things that other people might not have the chance or the patience or the curiosity to see like sometimes i post this thing called things i find and sometimes i just take it with my phone people really like oh cool i like this because sometimes there's so tiny things that people don't stop to Mm -hmm. see or to to give it a more of a a chance to Mm -hmm. sink in and then when i post them and say like i found this like uh, and people like oh i never saw that and i pass by or i things like that that i like yeah yeah that's a cool concept i like that to to sort of celebrate the little things you know Mm -hmm. I feel like in a lot of ways that's what that's what art can be. You know, it's a celebration of the little things. It's not 
not always supposed to be like high fashion or you know renaissance style painting it's not always meant to be even like a novel you know sometimes it's supposed to be something as simple as the celebration of a red red wheelbarrow like Mm -hmm. in the case of uh, William Carlos Williams who's you know one of my favorite poets Hmm. it's like you take these little everyday things that a lot of times you don't you don't notice because you're so in a rush to do something else right but when you do take the time to notice them whether it's through photography or just casual observation that you maybe write about later like it's it's necessary it's valuable to celebrate the little things because they remind us in the end of our humanity you know it sort of makes people at least looking at it from an audience member you know point of view it makes people remember that they are human you know yes um and that to me is what at least i try to go for you know mm-hmm. in my writing and my photography even in maybe not so much in my graphic design stuff because mm-hmm. there's more of a purpose to the, yes. the design work that i'm doing you know because that's more about like like providing information in a way that is easy to digest but at the same time you know allows for people to engage with it in 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 a way that they are already expecting you know that's i think one of the challenges of doing things like graphic design where it's it's much more focused on you know solving a problem that may or may not exist for people but once they see the solution it's like oh okay yeah that's what i was that's what i was waiting for you know yeah graphic design it's kind of its own beast if you yeah. think about it like um people always say like it's it's a commercial art right yeah and there's yeah i can see that some is more towards that direction it's more of the purpose you're saying mm-hmm. and there's there's some great designers that are like do both i'm like jealous of that because yeah. they can manifest these these boxes they have to check in for people to be interested and to buying whatever is on Mm-hmm. plus telling you something that's really artistic or put it in a way that's so artistic like that's kind of the gold you know mm-hmm. yeah um over the years you know i'm sure you've you've come across a lot of different artists that that inspire you and motivate you uh maybe going back to one of the questions here that dr rosie sent mm-hmm. us you know what um what poet or photographer or visual artist have you come across that uh, you feel has really influenced you to continue pursuing your craft to make you want to be better at whatever it is that you're you're practicing well again especially since we're doing these classes i ended up learning of different people but i think the the last one the, the latest that i remember um i did a class on what was the team for this um I think censorship and okay. I was looking into what's the name of this guy? Oh, trying to remember. Um he was one of the famous people who was from the Oscars uh writer who got oh Trombo? Trombo, yeah. Mm. Trombo, yeah. And I think that guy really inspired me. Like I made one piece after one of you no know, his actual shows or movies that he created like a screenwriter because he was a screenwriter but the letters he was writing during this process of becoming basically an outcast of Hollywood because they thought he was a basically a communist and that was a crime right you can think a different way and so I like the way he think and the way he put words into paper and sometimes he was really well spoken sometimes really witty and like funny in a really smart way. And I really enjoy that. So I used it a little bit of places. So that's the latest person that I remember. Nice. Like inspire me. Well, Trumbo, yeah. 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 When you did the lesson on Trumbo for Concha C Cafe, it was I think also a great reminder of, you know, the the human toll that things like censorship can can cause, you know. And yes, because he's, he has that way of saying things, you know, because yeah. 
I guess sometimes you hear a lot of, um, I don't know, a magazine or a newspaper telling you a mm-hmm. hundred people's being outcasted or not listened to in the work like the writers uh, strike right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, but you don't have that kind of connection to it. You don't have that sadness or that human yeah. emotion. And the, when you start reading his letters at the moment, like it's all there and like, and, and the way he puts it, like it's brilliant. So mm-hmm. it's always something I pop seen by accident, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is funny how it does happen by accident sometimes because mm-hmm. that's actually how, uh, to a certain degree, I came across uh, Efrain Huerta, who's been one Efraín of the, yeah, one of the writers that I've been really interested in reading more of his work and mm-hmm. understanding his life. Uh, and it happened actually with um, one of these books here. Where is it? Ini Mini Ma. Yeah, this one. There you go. Right, so Ooh. this is actually one of my favorite books that I own. El Gran Cocodrilo. El Gran Cocodrilo. And it's <laughs> Efraín Huerta with illustrations by Dr. Uh, Alderete. And what I love is just the design work of... of illustrations, pretty nice. Yeah, the illustrations, you know, the three color, basically, three color designs. And then, you know, Efraín mm-hmm. Huerta's poetry itself. It's, I think the story of his poem, Minimos, is fascinating. You know, because he was uh, diagnosed with cancer, throat cancer, you know, and he lost his ability to speak to to a certain degree. He had to adapt to that, right? And he had to kind of work within the constraints of his performance. So that's where his his concept of the poem minimo came to be. And after this is when I actually started thinking more about how can... I reduce my poetry to be social media sized, basically. So there was a time uh, not that long ago, just before the pandemic, where I was doing little poems that were like Twitter count poems, right? <laughs> Twitter Twitter character count length, and um, and then that inspired me to do you know more work that was very short, and um, it's been kind of put on the back burner since the beginning of the pandemic because of all the work that that has come up thanks to the pandemic but um but yeah my next one of my next books that I want to do is is a collection of little poems that at least after looking back at them now you know they're probably going to be combined because a lot of the themes are very similar and they can kind of be combined now but but yeah, Efraín Huerta and Dr. Alderete and his illustration work. That's really inspired me recently. And then there's, of course, from always the Pablo Neruda, who I just, I can't feel, I, I feel like I can't ever really escape that influence anymore. You know, it's it's kind of like, yeah. Cemented. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hasta sea como formado parte de mi ser, you know. It's, That's a great compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. it was a great compliment actually when i was actually told directly by another poet that you know that my work reminds them of pablo neruda Aww. so that's like full a circle yeah it is it's like coming around full circle you know and being able to say wow like my my craft has kind of developed to a point where it reflects a, a big part of me you know which i have to admit that pablo neruda is a big part of me now um, there you go. Yeah, and I love. I remember when you introduced the other one as well. Like you, you told the story that he had throat cancer and like why that reflected on his poetry and yeah. the minimalist take that he had. Yeah, and that yeah, it's it's one of those moments where you start connecting things. You know, like yeah. So I always see like sometimes we have these long poems that are. I try not to like. I I it takes me some level of that poetry for me to sink in or to like it there's some that are still good like they're, they're long formatted and all that mm-hmm. and then there's the medium ones and then there's the short ones you know like mm-hmm. it's how do you use words um either making them less mm-hmm. and by doing so making it more mm-hmm. or using a lot it's just the yeah. possibilities of it you know yeah yeah 
thinking about it right now, when I was 14, you know, and I was starting to write, you know, and I've told this story before, you know, I wanted to be a rapper. So I was writing rap lyrics. Mm -hmm. And even after I, I stopped writing specifically rap lyrics, you know, still obviously work that was influenced by hip hop and, um, and rap. And my work back then, up until I was maybe about like 20, 21, it was, it was kind of long, you know, because I felt like I had a lot to say, which is funny when you think about it, right? When you're young, you think you know a lot and you think that <laughs> you have all the answers, right? Um, but also I've, because, you know, I tried to at least uh, write or type up all of the work that I used to write by hand. Even I still write by hand. I shouldn't say that I used to, but, you know, mm -hmm. um, but all that work that I did, Cuando Chavo, it was a lot of it ended up being more about kind of like animándome yo solo because I was going mm -hmm. through a lot at the time in my life. You know, I had undiagnosed depression and it was a chronic depression. So I was constantly thinking very dark thoughts you know i was actually suicidal and you know there were there were definitely moments in my life early on in my my teens and in young adulthood gave was you know my poetry served as a way to kind of make myself feel better you know and and para animarme like i said i don't really know a good word for that in english you know but cheer up it was to motivate myself to just keep mm -hmm. going you know and um now, as I've gotten older, you know, and as I've had so much more like work to do, my creative expression has become that much more focused on brevity and conciseness, you know, uh, which is kind of, I think, what you were saying, you know, like the beautiful thing about very short poems is that they are very, very aware of how specific they're being, right? And, and how the right word is crucial in the less in the smaller space that, that you're using yeah i'm picturing just like a an interesting way of putting like, like let's say this this bridge that's going through the river right like but it's one of those shaky like bridges that are really narrow yeah. and you have all these backpacks and things to carry through mm -hmm. so it's a little hard to to go through that but when you have less of it mm -hmm. it becomes more of a specific thing that you're going for like you are i don't know i think choosing the words more carefully it, it, it's a different craft than mm -hmm. having the flexibility to use in many and don't care too much if each one mm -hmm. lands because you have so many or other soldiers behind you know yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's more purposeful, you know. Mm -hmm. That's what I liked actually about your uh, the quote that you used for last night's Conchas y Café lesson oh. about you know the proper word or the exact word is more akin like to a, a, sharp, a, a sharp, sharp pencil, yeah, instead of a bold thick crayon, crayon or thick crayon, yeah, yeah, because that's that's I think you know where as a writer and probably even as a as a I mean, I could almost say even as like a photographer, you know, having your your patience to really work on your composition, you know, to tell the story that you want to tell versus, you know, just taking photos and that's it, right? Like mm -hmm. when you have more of that narrow focus, I think you're you're going to be more aware of the story that you're telling and more aware of the tools and techniques that you actually have available to you to tell that story you know um yeah well i mean since working with ESL arts and we do a lot of literary work i mean we still do uh, illustrations and other things but mostly we work with words yeah and ever since i have been not that i haven't been before but now i'm i think i'm more observant and i'm always sometimes i'm speaking with my friend and i'm like I'm looking for this word. And she's, yeah, she's giving me good up, you know, like throwing me a couple of words and they're correct. Uh -huh. But I'm like, no, it's not exactly the word that I was yeah. thinking. I'm, I'm like trying to be more specific. 
but in the process i'm becoming slow at the conversation but i'm like putting <laughs> a lot of thought into like hmm, what is that word that i would it will be perfect here kind of yeah yeah i think if i had to give advice to a new writer or to an aspiring artist you know somebody that's maybe starting off this journey it would be that take the time you know take the time to to expand your vocabulary take the time to look at the work of other people to inform your own work because without that you're you're not allowing yourself to develop all the tools that are available to you you know that's why i think I also really encourage people to use their native language, you know, because we're all, at least for me and my experience and going to college and stuff like that, like I never got to see work that really, really embraced using Spanish. You mm -hmm. know, I grew up in the U.S. where books in Spanish were a lot harder to find. I mean, as it was, we couldn't afford books when I was little. I could barely afford a comic book, you know, it's the but i still had the the opportunity to learn spanish and to learn to read it and write it and to then finally when i was in college experience actual latin american writers <laughs> and and artists I, I mean it was just for me it felt so empowering you know and that's what i want people to feel like that yeah their native language is is also a tool you know it's also a tool that they can use to express themselves it doesn't have to always be in english at least that's my that's my point of view you know no i mean i mean to the essence of that i always feel like and that's kind of the congruent thing about this like the conflict of it like how much do you want to be influenced and how much like uh we had an interview with a Osaro, was it the last person that we interviewed? Yeah. And he's talking about like the, his favorite um, art comes from kids mm -hmm. because they haven't been influenced for the things and the way they should be, the yeah. things they should look like. And it becomes more of the essence of things, mm -hmm. a little more, less, what's it called, filtered. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I was growing up and learning art, I was always trying not to be too, even though I was taking all these classes and learning all things, I was trying to not be too influenced, like trying to follow everything. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, this is the way that it should be. I always try to like do things my way, even though that's even possible. <laughs> but that was kind of my take, like, let's see how I can make something that's just me yeah and then if i feel like i need to in the future get a little more of the not technique but like the influence of others mm -hmm. i will but i was trying to keep as much of that me through the process mm -hmm. which is it's kind of a balance i think yeah 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 it's in some ways it does kind of become a sort of uh, like a self-conscious kind of thing, you know, to to not allow yourself to to go one direction, you know, but to allow yourself to explore multiple directions to end up at your voice. That's really hard too, by the way, for anybody listening uh, or watching. You know, we we spend our entire lives as artists trying to figure out what our voice is. Some of us might come to it you know, a little bit earlier than others, but, you know, our style is forever developing. Like, I, I can say that looking at your writing over the past, uh, what is it, eight years now, you know, um, your writing has developed. And I, I can definitely say that about mine. Like, my writing has also developed over the past two decades now that I've been writing, you know. So, so there's never any kind of, like, correct way you know to yeah. approach it there's never any kind of uh i mean because it's it ends up being about the journey no yeah my advice and when i give classes to either kids or adults it's like i'm here teaching you this saying i do the teaching of the stuff that's already not curriculum but like the things that we already know as our artists like pencil form and in painting and techniques mm -hmm. But 
at the end, you have to know those things so you can break those rules and play with it and see what you can create that's more from your perspective or your um, curiosity. Because I can say curiosity to me is the main thing, like play with it. Even if you think it might look weird, even maybe the, the, the whole concept you just created to explore, it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you develop it and make it better and better and it becomes something really great that other people didn't see at the beginning. So it's always the exploration of different materials, different techniques, different, I don't know, ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people sometimes get stuck and like, oh, this is the way this should be written or the way this should be painted or so on. So I always say, yeah, it's good to know those things and why they are preferred. But go for the wild, crappy things that may end up bad, but try them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's it's important to explore, you know, because without exploration, we can't really figure ourselves out, you know. Um, yeah, I think we're, we're maybe like having a sort of sort of our own little existential moments right now you know? <laughs> uh, but it, might, it might be good to to sort of change changes the cambiarla la rola you know um, yeah keep, sort of you have more get... questions yeah well i mean some of the questions we sort of half half answered so you mm. know i think we could maybe save some of these for for another time too <laughs> um, but there is one question that i've i've really wanted to to actually ask you for a while now um and you know it's it's basically you know where where in mexico city are you from and what is one memory that you still like cherish from your time in in mexico city cuz i've been curious I have so many like um well I grew up in Mexico City, and then I moved into different places here and there around the area, not as much as different states, but um gonna say one that I, I even wanted to paint or photograph. It's um you know that's this game that's really popular in Latin America and Europe. US doesn't have as much of of the love for it as other places, which is soccer, football, the real name for it. <laughs> yeah. So um there's this thing that we call cascaritas, meaning it's like games on the street. And I have played in parks and stuff and, and like weird places. But um playing in the street as a kid was something way different than anything else. Like it has these camaraderie of your friends and this you know this energy that you have as a kid it's 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 all there and nothing fancy needs to be there you just need a couple of rocks or stuff to make the goals mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not even a ball we always have weird things that we can kick around there was this bottle we called fruit seas it's basically a bottle of just juice like yeah. Color juice, you know, like, oh, I like color pu- purple, you know, but it was a flavor, you know. <laughs> and so after we finish drinking that or so on, we will use it as a soccer ball. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes we wrap paper and to create a, a ball or a can, basically, right? And so that always, like, comes to me, like, uh, all those were kind of the moments, you know. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I remember playing soccer as a little kid and. That's actually why I have a, a messed up knee. Um, oh, you know, th- siempre, there goes your career. Yeah, man. <laughs> es que siempre me tocaba de portero. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, so I andaba yo with like the ball or lo que sea, <laughs> pegándome in la mera rodilla too. Never yeah. in the shin, never. It was always like bad right. luck. Yeah, bad luck. Yeah, I did. Um, so by the time I was like 10, I was already <laughs> limping all the time. And 
um, just not not really uh, able to <laughs> run very well. But. <laughs> but it's just like one of my friends is always bugging me because she loves to use shorts to mm. wear out. Like I don't think she owns pants, and so she gives me a hard time when she's like, "You always wearing pants." Huh. Like yes, I always wear pants because I was like playing soccer and so on. I always scratch my knees or so on, and so I always had bad luck. Like when I don't wear pants, I get scratches or so on. So most of the time, I wear pants, and just when I go swimming or to the beach, when you see me with shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think as a kid too, I was always wearing. I was always wearing pants. I do remember that. I didn't wear shorts that often. Um, pero las rodillas, las rodillas siempre se me rompían las rodillas. You know, when you're sliding and you're yeah. around. Yeah. And you know, it's the difference between uh, like sometimes uh, I feel like football, you know, it becomes you gear up. You like American football, that's what I meant. Yeah. You gear up, you have all this stuff, your helmet and, and your knee pads and everything. And it's, I mean, it, I'm totally for it, like, because it's protecting yourself. But over there, we we don't have the budget for that kind of thing. I think that's why soccer is also so popular. Yeah. Again, you don't even need a soccer ball to play. So that was kind of the thing. You will be scratching and injuring yourself, so on. Like, that's kind of how I, I, I think we build ourselves tough just <laughs> by that childhood. That's a lot more... more wild here i don't see kids playing like they're just on the phone they don't they don't even have the notion of like being outside by themselves right now like i have nephews and like their parents are like always on the loop mm -hmm. so they don't have that kind of like oh let's go to the tiendita and mm -hmm. buy here or like with this other friend and bicycle to all over the town nope yeah. that doesn't exist here yeah. well in my area and yeah, that kind of makes me sad with my uh my nephew and my niece. I mean, they're babies mm -hmm. still, so you know, for them they can't they can't mm -hmm. go out on their own yet. But it's yeah, I see I see that about the the world, you know, now with the younger generations. It's too many people yeah. are on their phones, you know, and it's not just not just kids, you know, it's not just teenagers. It's it's everybody. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, we used to be outside. I guess too much. <laughs> or maybe just it wasn't soccer. Now. I used to play a lot of basketball or tennis or whatever. No yeah. more tennis, but it was baseball, uh, volleyball and stuff like that. Yeah. I love love sports. Yeah. I have a lot of energy. So it's a good way to <laughs> burn it. Yeah. yeah. Not for me, it was basketball. I basketball was, is cool. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. Back in the day when everybody was jumping, like Jordan. Because yeah, exactly. that was kind of the figure that introduced basketball to the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, since we're here in the chat, chat, chip chat, um, what's the cartoon that you remember you like? Oh, man, Transformers. Transformers? Oh, really? robots in disguise. Man, I mean, I can't think of me. Andale. <laughs> you ever got one of those there was these watches that you can make into little robots i don't think they were transformers named mm -hmm. but it was based on transformers and all these robot things on the time so this is like little watch of plastic and you can take it out of the the the, the yeah. band uh, and make it into a choo -choo -choo robot like, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah no, i didn't have one of those but they were so cool <laughs> yeah, I remember those too, you know. Yeah. yeah, that was always like the holy grail, you know. Yes. <laughs> para mí, para mí, cuando estaba chavo, cuando era chavo, I mean, for me, it was probably either getting um, Soundwave from the Transformers or Megatron. Because <laughs> I always, yeah. I've always been all about the uh, Decepticons. Oh, know? okay, okay. And, and the villain. Rudo, los rudos. <laughs> oh, wibble. <laughs> but yeah man i mean you know for me those were like like the toys you know mm. the transformers and then the cartoon um i was actually thinking about that uh about a week or two ago because i watched the movie pacific rim 
Oh, that's that's a good movie for yeah. you. Like, I have a friend who likes Evangelion, Transformers. Like, yeah. he likes those kind of robot thing. Yeah. So that movie, he's like, oh, let's go to the movie theater when it came out. Yeah. Super excited about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was so excited when the uh, Transformers <laughs> movie came out, you know. But yeah, I've always been, since I was a little boy, into giant robots and giant <laughs> monsters. You know, Godzilla. Godzilla, I yeah. Godzilla movies as a little boy. I loved even Sinbad. I don't know if you ever got to see those with the stop motion um, monsters. The what's his name? Roy Harryhausen, I think, was the name. Sounds, of the but I'm, I'm not remembering yet. Yeah, I had to double check. These are, these are movies from like the I want to say the fifties. Oh yeah. wow, you're going back. It was not yeah. color. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, like these are really old movies. Um, you know, but I remember watching them with my grandpa, and my mommy mm -hmm. Lucy and Pop's house, you know, and my grandma and grandpa was, I mean, they, they were the ones that, that were there for me the most, you know, growing up. My parents were always working. So I andaba la casa de, de los abuelos. Mm -hmm. And um, which that in itself is a, is a really interesting experience because, you know, I, like I said, I grew up in San Diego. I grew up kind of like in a suburb of San Diego. It was, it felt very urban where I was in my my mm -hmm. little barrio. Um, but then, you know, my mommy Lucy and Pop's house was in a slightly more rural-ish area. Mm -hmm. Still a suburb, but parecía más rancho, you know. And then my, mm -hmm. my mommy Lucy, my grandma, she actually had uh, like chickens and her chicken coop and, you know. The, <laughs> yeah, the, that's a rancho. Why do you have yeah. farm animals? Yeah, you're living in a little ranchillo. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was like my experience, you know, every day going between sort of like this urban, suburban, rural experience, you know. Yeah, ya andaba yo de chiquillo con mi, you know, pijama de, de Thundercats and, you know, my Transformers <laughs> and este jugando a los G.I. Joes y, este, and yeah, Godzilla. <laughs> so that's like my 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 whole existence now you know in my mind <laughs> giant robots giant monsters poetry comics batman <laughs> man if when... we get the budget we're gonna get a dslr super megatron yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah man and then there were things like los caballeros del zodiaco you know yeah dude the new movie oh pissed me off don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. But I really want the toys for the old ones. Yeah. But I haven't got the chance to get to it. I got at least one of them. It's either Pegasus or what's the other one that I like? Well, Shiryu. I mean, yeah. sort of the coolest ones for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And Ronin Warriors. I think we talked about oh. Ronin Warriors one day. Uh, <laughs> and that was a that was a cartoon that me and my brother yeah. were really into. Um, but yeah, man, like that's like I said, that's a, that, that kind of sums up my existence. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get to know me in my head? That's <laughs> my head all the time. <laughs> yeah. To, I mean, to me, it was... um. Again, I want to mention the, the ones that we already know, like Dragon Ball and all the stuff, or like Caballeros del Zodiaco. I want to mention one that was interesting, and I... I don't know if many people knew about it. It was Slam Dunk. It was a cartoon about basketball. <laughs> and this redhead kid in Japan was a troublemaker. But he got, he was in a crash with like this girl in school who liked basketball. So he ended up going to basketball and just he had these physical attributes like to being tall and strong as that help in basketball. But he was such a dumb dumb. <laughs> so the whole process of he actually learning to be patient and playing the ball mm -hmm. and, and and me playing the ball at the time, it was something really interesting that connected me. You know, I even made a poster out of it, like one of the first posters that I created on yeah. pencil of him. And it was like, and I even bought the shoes from it. It's like the Air Jordans, the mm -hmm. red and white. And I, I even put Shahoku in the name. So I made him custom made from uh, Nike. Oh, cool. And I, the, yeah, that, that that was a really interesting cartoon that kind of, it's one of the ones that not a lot of people know, and yeah. it was really impactful, like a really interesting cartoon. <laughs> yeah, that sounds... I'll recommend it, Slam Dunk. I'm going to have to look into that one. 
Yeah. And it's Spanish. Watch it in Spanish if you can. And you can have it in English, but I know you're going to enjoy it in Spanish. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's how I, I know about like Los Caballeros del Zodiaco. Oh, yeah. Because watching it in, uh, I mean, that's, that was, I have to say, one of the cool things about living in San Diego. Is that oh, you we get the TV? The, yeah, we got the Tijuana TV station. Tijuana Challenge. Yeah, man. I mean, channel. Challenge. Channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we got to watch stuff from mexico you know and, la corte del pueblo yeah um <laughs> and i mean you know everything was made by televisa so yeah all, there was all, like only what two three channels yeah <laughs> um yeah but then also <clears throat> you know going to queretaro with my my family in queretaro at least once a year growing up too i mean we watched whatever was on whatever we could get on the antenna <laughs> you know yeah in the, in the, that, yeah back then it's like um you can choose what episode or when to watch it is like it's there you can follow it every day and be consistent mm -hmm. to know what the story if mm -hmm. not you're screwed yeah, yeah. Um, there was people who recorded stuff but my my household didn't have like yeah. we didn't ever record anything like yeah tape it and then watch it like nah yeah. we didn't have that yeah we didn't do that either but but yeah and that's that's that was how how i came across a lot of stuff too like I said earlier, you know, like even though I grew up on this side of the border, you know, there are certain things that at least you and I can can share, you know, mm -hmm. uh, say that we we have at least some sort of, you know, cultural thing that we were able to share, which. And uh, well, we have one of our students we're talking about like detail, because sometimes either we make poems that are a little more open to like they, they're not super specific and. I sometimes do that as well, but it becomes a poem that's yeah meant for everybody because it doesn't yeah. have the details to be super specific. Yeah. So you don't have to be like, I'm Mexican or I'm Japanese or I watch these or they have this income. Yeah. It's, they're open. But then we're talking about like, there's sometimes poems like or stories that's super specific, like somebody living in Africa. Mm -hmm. But the details, once you start reading or seeing them, Mm -hmm. they become also something to link yourself to that story because there's such thing as human nature or just nature let's say that right that we still have that connection so i would say like be specific you don't have to worry about like people being out i live exactly that experience but mm -hmm. your experience just by some details of it people's going to connect to that yeah because we're all having some some similar approaches or similar ways of living even though we yeah. don't think yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah, I mean, it is. It comes down to just being human, you know, mm -hmm. um, and the human experience. Unless we're in the Matrix. Dun, 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 dun. That's another story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, man, I think we uh, definitely had a good conversation. I'm glad. I'm glad that we got a chance to just kind of, you know. Yeah. Just Next time again, if, if I can make my friend come to the podcast and we'll geek out about like cartoons and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's <laughs> but cool. he's you know, I need to push him. <laughs> yeah. And you know, for anybody that is listening or watching, you know, and you know somebody that that you think might be, you know, a cool addition, a cool audience member for you to or not audience member, a cool guest to to hear from, feel free to to leave us a comment and uh just share share the recommendation with us because you know we're always looking for other people to to inspire us too so and uh, yes. also again you know shout out to dr rosie ramos part of our poet artist development program for giving us some some questions for us to consider and something uh, to and talk discuss. about yeah exactly exactly <laughs> if only the the royalties you know <laughs> that that track over <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um yeah thank you for giving us something to talk about and um we hope that uh you know those of you listening and watching enjoyed today's or uh, this month's episode of the art block podcast uh -huh. i think we're gonna call it call it a session for for today but definitely uh stay tuned for the next episode we have another guest coming on that is an artist that has submitted before to Art Block Zine, 
Um, and again, for those of you that are actually interested in submitting work, the, the current theme for Art Block is intertextuality. Yeah. So use your imagination um, and really think about, you know, how it is that you, through your art, through your art, uh, have conversations with the influences that have inspired you. So check us out, distillarts.org, D-S-T-L-A-R-T-S.org. Like, follow, and subscribe, as everybody on YouTube likes to say. And, uh, you know, for those listening on the podcast, definitely make sure that you have your notifications on so you get the latest episode as soon as it drops. Yep. And follow, yeah. subscribe, like, all the stuff. All that good stuff. Make sure you follow Abraham at, at Abraham underscore photo world on good old Instagrams. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even though I'm not actually really using my my uh, social media. <laughs> follow me. <laughs> Yeah, you can still follow me at at, <laughs> at, uh, at Love one um, That's at S-T-I-M-E-Y-L-U-V-1. Um, I actually do plan on revamping my website, so I will be having some, uh, <laughs> some new work up uh, for, for people to check out on my website, and uh, that is going to ultimately lead into a revival of my social media. So, you know. <laughs> we're waiting curious. for the day yeah for anybody that is curious <laughs> you know y'all will be able to, to find out when that happens um you know, the goal is uh this upcoming month to have all that up and up and running so yeah 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 and uh yeah distill arts make sure y'all give us that that love so take care everybody talk to y'all soon peace, peace out <laughs>